Hi, thank you for listening to Trinity San Diego Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in with us, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message will encourage you. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, you can help us by reaching others by investing at trinitysandiego.org slash give. Thanks again for joining us. Now here's Pastor Katie. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Monday through Saturday, 
Who are we um, when we're not in this building? Who are we when we're not sitting in church on a Sunday? Are we living our faith out on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday? Who are we? And so a lot of us, uh, you know, the majority of the, of the people in this room have a job. We go to work. Uh, therefore, we are in the marketplace Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and all throughout the week. And so we want to talk really quickly about how, how do we make our work meaningful? How is work meaningful? Because I think, I'm not going to ask you to show your hands, but uh, I think there's a few people in here that maybe don't feel like they have a meaningful work. Like maybe they feel like they just go and they punch in, punch out, and go home. And they don't feel like they're making a difference really in anyone else's life, uh, let alone you know, really impactful work. So I want to talk about the idea this morning that Mondays can be memorable That's right. and we can make a difference right. in our workplace. Amen. Are you excited? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all don't look excited. <laughs> I think they were wishing we were talking about sex again, babe. I feel like everybody would be more excited. <laughs> I promise that. <laughs> somebody, somebody like that. All right. I think... What we're going to do is we're going to read the scripture. This is the foundational scripture that I built this message around this morning. It's Ephesians 4.1. And we actually are going to do, uh, I'm going to read verse 2 as well. Uh, but Ephesians 4.1 says, Therefore I, this is Paul talking to the church of Ephesus, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Come on. For you have been called by God. He's begging the church, modern day church, old old school church, right. whatever, it doesn't matter. He's begging, the scripture is begging us to live lives that are worthy of the calling that we have received. Yeah, come on. And I don't know about you, but this message is titled um, Wake Up Call, and it is a wake up call for me as well. Right. This message I am preaching to me. Some messages... I, I build out of um, my experience or I build out of what the Holy Spirit's telling me to speak. And then some messages I'm going to just be preaching to myself this morning, okay? So I, I might amen myself if you don't, okay? <laughs> I might just be having a conversation with myself, dialogue back and forth. However, I'd really appreciate um, if you engaged and participated with me. Um, but that idea of living a life worthy of the calling that you have received, the second verse right after in Ephesians, says, be completely humble and gentle and patient, bearing with one another in love. You see, what what he's doing is he's saying, I beg you to live a life as a a representative of Christ every day of your life, and this is how you do it. You see, I, I have a confession to make. Um, this entire week, we've been having some struggles in our house with behavioral issues, and it's just the um, season of life that we're in. Okay, but I read this scripture, and I was like, ooh, fail, fail, <laughs> fail, <laughs> fail. There was like three things. Be humble, gentle, patient, loving. <laughs> Failed all of them all week, okay? So just so you know. Right. All right, I'm standing up here saying to you, I get it. I get the struggle. Right. Struggle is real. We need a sermon series called that. The struggle is real. And we'll talk about the real struggles. 
But the struggle is real sometimes to live a life worthy of the calling that we've received, right? Yeah, right. Do you right. know that you were saved and bought at a price, but that was because it was it was done out of love. That's right. But love um, calls us up, right. calls us up higher. Mm. And so some of us, me included, this mm. is a wake up call message this morning. And I, this is what was interesting to me. Um, to understand our calling, you have to understand your origin. I'm not talking about whether or not you're Irish or um, African-American or whatever descent you come from, okay? What I'm talking about is your spiritual origin. And if you're going to understand your calling, because some of us are like, I don't even know what that means. What does that mean when, when you say called or I understand my calling? Here's what you have to do. You have to understand your original design. And as I was praying over this this morning, Holy Spirit really wrecked me because I was lamenting about my behavioral issues in my home and frustrations that I have consistent, consistently this last week. And I was, I was, I was telling him about things I'm frustrated with work and all, all kinds of things, just like the normal prayers that you pray. Okay. I pray them too. Yes. When you're frustrated with your kids and you pray, same thing. Okay. When you're frustrated with your work, same thing. Okay. And so the Holy Spirit just quietly spoke to me, and this is what he does. If you listen long enough, he will speak to you, and he'll put a gentle whisper in your heart. Yeah. And he just spoke one word, and he just said, selfish. <laughs> selfish. <laughs> Wasn't expecting to hear that. <laughs> okay? Uh, selfishness, this is what he said to me. He said, selfishness is at the very core of the human sin nature. It is the core of what the sin nature is. And a lot of times we try to say that the you know pride, um, arrogance, greed, um, sexual immorality, all of that is at the core of he, the human sin nature. No, the Lord says it's selfishness. And here's why. He showed, he showed it to me in scripture. Before sin, man, man was God-minded, okay? Before sin entered the world, and we're going to look at Genesis 3, um, there was no other flow of thought right. besides walking and living with the creator. Yeah. Like negative thought patterns which didn't even exist. Wow. Frustration, arrogance, pride, uh, anger, none of it existed. Wow. Because there was no selfishness. Mm, wow. It was all God-minded. And, wow. and the human brain's existence was completely solely focused on the creator. Yeah. Okay? Wow. Um, but let's look at Genesis 3. It should be up here on the screens. I'm going to read it here from my Bible. So the serpent enters uh, and convinces Eve that she should take the fruit that God had specifically instructed, don't, don't do that. Don't eat the fruit of this tree. And so most of you know the story. If you don't, I'd be happy to share it with you afterwards. But we're going to pick up in verse 6 where it says, When the woman saw that the fruit tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. This is right, this is the moment that sin entered our, our life. Our flesh nature, if you want to call it your human nature, whatever you want to call it, this is, this is when everything shifted from the human brain being completely framed in a godly mindset to now a self-centered mindset. Because look at what happens in verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized 
they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. You see, their eyes repositioned wow. off of the creator onto what? Themselves. Each other yeah. and then to themselves. Yeah. Wow. They looked inward. Wow. And that was the beginning of selfishness, a wow. selfish nature, a self-focused nature. And I want to say in this room, we live in a culture that says, I'm trying to be self-aware, or I need, um, what, what was it that I heard the other day? Oh, I'll think of it in just a minute. It'll come up when I'm not ready to say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, I mean, this is, this is what happens. This is the root of the human flesh nature yeah. is selfishness. Everything else flows out of that. Every right. other sin, every other mistake that we make flows out of a, a selfish need in our life. And when we, when we aren't repositioning our focus on God, on the creator, this is how our work becomes meaningless. Wow. Okay, this is how I'm stringing this together. When Monday feels meaningless, it's because we have lost our focus. Wow. And we yeah. and we are not That's thinking so within our original design. When you deny selfishness in your life, you are actually reprogramming your mind and your spirit mm. back to its original design. Wow. When you deny yourself Holy Spirit, when he spoke to me, he said, I am always trying to flush selfishness out yeah, of the hearts right. of my kids. Like... That's why I ask you to do things that seem inconvenient. That's why I ask you to hold your tongue yes. when yes. you want to speak yes. that negative word about somebody right. else. That's why I ask you to give up that habit because I am trying to flush out selfishness out of you so that I can put more of myself into mm -hmm. you and therefore your Mondays can be meaningful wow. or work can become worship. Yeah. But the problem is is that you have so much focus on yourself you can't see beyond yourself. Wow. You Come can't on. see beyond anything that you're going through wow. to, to look up long enough to see that I'm here ready to make your life meaningful, ready to make your life impactful. Yeah. I told you it was a wake-up call message, right, uh, and I told you to, I, I'm going to amen myself, because <laughs> I need this message. But here's, here's I, I want to give you some good news, okay? I kind of, I went on the hammer a little bit. Here's the good news, is that when, see, see now all of you are thinking right now in this room, oh, great, how am I going to be less selfish? How am I going to work on my selfishness? How am I going to how am I going to make this better? Okay, hopefully that's what you're thinking. Okay, yeah. Hopefully, if yeah. not, I don't know. We're going to keep going though. Um, but here's what also I really want you to know is that selfishness is actually not focusing on yourself less. It's focusing on God more. Yeah. That's it. So you don't have to stress out about selfish habits or how do I quit this? How do I quit being so self-focused? What you need to do is refocus. Right. You need to focus on God more. So when you wake up in the morning and you don't want to go to work on Monday or you don't want to get out of bed on Monday, what you need to say is not, oh, God, I hate my job. <laughs> don't do that. You need to wake up in the morning and you need to refocus and say, okay, you know what, God? I, I don't necessarily love the job situation I'm in right now. Right. Okay, but I want to release this day right now to you right. and put it in right. your hands right. so that you can do something meaningful with it yes. so that it can be worship right. instead of 
work. Yeah. So it can be worship instead yeah. of uh, this toil that we constantly do. And so this is really for people that maybe don't enjoy your jobs. If you enjoy your job, yeah. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Honestly. Right. Honestly, because I think some people, there's a lot of people that just get up and go to work and they punch in and they punch out and they don't, they don't enjoy their jobs and they don't see it as a, a worshipful act. They don't feel like, you know, they're making a difference in the world. Mm. But this is the good news. This is the good news. Once we get this selfishness, the focus right, right, then we can go in and, and know how to be impactful. Right. Okay, because that's kind of like the first step. Let's get the selfishness thing right, yeah. and then we can um, be impactful in our workplaces. Right. Uh, I was a barista. One of my very first jobs was a barista. How many baristas we have in here? We've got one. John we got one. All right. So John Tay knows what I have had to live through. Um, no, I, I was a barista at like a local little coffee shop inside of a grocery store in Montana where I went to high school. And um, I really liked that job, but I uh, had to work these really early shifts because as we all know, some a lot of people get up early and they want coffee like ASAP. Yeah. I know I do. So I had to be there by like 4.30 in the morning. Uh, on Saturdays, and I was just exhausted, and I worked like the longest shift, and so on my breaks, don't judge me, all right? I can already tell, people are getting judgy. Don't be judgy. Judgy. Don't be judgy. Um, I, on my breaks, I would go into the break room, and I would set my alarm on my um, watch or whatever I had back then, because we didn't have smartphones, and then um, I would go like this on the table, <laughs> and I would sleep for like 20 minutes on my break, okay? I'm admitting it to you. Come on. I don't keep in contact with any of those people. <laughs> but I literally would fall asleep um, on the job. I would, fall, I would doze off uh, because I couldn't stay awake, and I would just try to get through the rest of my shift. And so this one particular day, um, I had dozed off. And I was like in the middle of a deep sleep. Like you know how you're like when you're so tired yeah. that yeah. you just are out immediately, and then you start having dreams, and yeah. and then you like start twitching and like like <laughs> drooling and stuff. At least that's what I do. As taught, sometimes I twitch so violently in my sleep that I wake myself up. <laughs> you know, like I scare everybody. Um, anyway, that's extra. <laughs> so I'm like sleeping like this on my on my forearms and I'm like drooling deep in sleep and um, I wake up to Katie what are you doing literally like that and, like just jolted me awake and, I, and so I'm like this you know and I'm trying to like get my bearings you know like when you wake up from a nap and you're all groggy and you're like where am I what is going on so this was me and he's like, my boss comes in, and he was like, it's been an hour since you were done with your break. What are you doing? He's like, I got customers coming in and going out, coming in and going out, coming in and complaining to me that there's nobody here to make them coffee. So what are you doing? And I mean, sometimes this is how we live our life, is that we have dozed off on our calling when wow. we are on the clock, yeah. when we are supposed to be yeah. making a difference yeah. in the world, and we have forgotten what it looks like to be a called person of the most high God in our workplaces. Yeah. We are sleeping on the job. It's a wake-up call. Wake-up call. So good. So this is what I want to say. You know, we, you know, who we are doesn't impact what we do anymore. And that's what this message is about is how, how, because I believe that every single person is called in this room. Right. 
the, and we're going to talk about that Greek word called in just a second. But every single person here, if you believe uh, the message of Jesus and if you follow Jesus, you are called. That's right. That verse, Ephesians 4.1, is actually, it's for you. Right. You are called into a level of living that is above what some of us are living at. Right. In uh, Joshua 1.9, this is a great scripture because I think sometimes when we get up on Monday mornings and we don't know that God is with us and how to make work our worship, uh, we think we've got to figure it out on our own. Right. Like we think we're, we're alone in it. And some of us, you know, this is what's interesting. What I hear a lot from people is that work in the marketplace or work in secular environments. They say to me, well, I'm the only Christian there or I'm the only follower of Jesus mm -hmm. there. And it's just so hard to work there. And I'm like... Well, that's probably why you're there. Right. Yeah. Right. Amen. Come on. I mean, you're supposed to be making a difference. Yeah. In in that's the Great Commission. Right. But you know, a lot of times people are scared about that concept, and I get that. We right. can be timid about that concept, particularly with legal implications. Okay, because right. of the law. But um, what I would say is, is that I believe that, um, and this is something that eases your mind, if you are trying to figure out how to make work your worship, whatever, wherever you're working, um, God is actually already probably moving right. within that situation. Right. He's just inviting you to be a part of it. He's right. not asking you to do the work. Right. Like what he's required to do is change hearts. Right. What right. you're required to do is engage. Right. You're, Come on. you're not the message. You are the voice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 That's right. Okay. I was going to say, Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's right. So that's just like, I, I wanted to share that scripture because I think it's just a good one to put in your back pocket right. for when you just need encouragement and strength to move forward Amen. in your day. Um, I had, some of you know my story a little bit, and I had one of the most profound moments of my life that completely changed my life. I had a, a man with a prophetic gift come up to me when I was in my lowest point. I was, um, I was depressed. I was angry. I was working at a church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was mad at people, and I was holding grudges, and I was offended all the time. And um, it just started to be something I held on to just as a, it's almost like a sport. Like, how long can I hold on to this grudge? <laughs> Super fun. And so I just felt like I was just had this cloud over me all the time. And there was, God sent this man. He had a prophetic gift. And it was the most unassuming moment of my life. I did not expect him coming. And I did not know who he was. I had never seen him before. But he came. And he spoke a prophetic word over my life. I knew it was God speaking through him. Because he said things about my past that nobody knew. Mm. And he he prof he prophesied to my future as well. He encouraged me, and I broke down in that moment, and it totally set me free. Yeah. But what I want to highlight about that story is that that man, his job was a janitor. Yeah, he was a custodian. Yeah. Wow. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't an evangelist. He didn't have some worldwide ministry. Right. He just knew he was called. That's right. Wow. That's good. So good. And he was operating in the gifts that God had given him. Yeah. He knew he was called to set the captives free. Amen. He didn't need a title. Right. He didn't need a position right. to affirm that. Right. Right. All he needed 
was uh, the calling of God over his life and, and an ear to hear what God was speaking to him. You see, even though he was cleaning toilets and cleaning the floors at the church, he was still on mission. Yeah, see, it right. didn't matter what his actual job duties were. It didn't matter what his job description said he was supposed to be doing. Yeah. He still made a huge, he changed my life forever. Yeah. I'm never, the, I'm, I will never be the same. And some of you guys have heard that story in different renditions over and over and over again. And I'm never going to stop telling that story <laughs> because it was the most amazing moment of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is what we pray for you guys. Yeah. This is what we pray for you guys. This scripture that we pray over our church all the time right. is that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened to the hope to which you are called. It says Amen. in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Amen. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, Amen. the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Wow. So I have two ideas this morning that I just want to give you. Number one, there's this idea of who bears you. Mm. I know it's kind of a weird, kind of a weird way to word it, okay? But just go with me with it. It's who bears you. This is about being marked. Yeah. This is about being claimed, right. held, called engraved on the palm of God's hand. Yeah, come on. Who bears your name come on. in his heart, on his palms. Uh, the Greek word, here we're going to go into this word study really quick. The Greek word uh, for called is kaleo. And it means to call or summon, particularly in the divine call, to partake of the blessings of redemption. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is where it's really broad. This is for everybody. That's yeah. why I say everybody is called. If you follow Jesus, you are called. Because yeah. you have been called and invited to take part of the blessings and the grace that Jesus died to give you. But then there's this interesting other, another rendition of the definition. It says to call by name or to bear a name. Mm. Being called means somebody bears your name. Yeah. And then you also bear something. Mm. In Isaiah 49, 16, it says, Behold, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. How many of you have a Bible that's engraved? Most of us, okay, a few of us in here. Most of us have, you know, electronic Bibles now. Um, but the engraved, like if your name is engraved on your Bible, it's not going anywhere. Right. It's permanent. Yeah. It's, right. it's seared into the leather of your, of your Bible. So um, you need to think about your name. <coughs> as permanently engraved on the heart of God, yeah. on the palm yeah. of God, yeah. which means he carries you wherever he goes, which means that he bears you, which means you can give him your burdens, which means you can know that whenever you walk into your workplace on a Monday and you don't feel like being there and you don't care if it's meaningful, let's just be honest, sometimes we just don't even care. We don't care. We don't care if our coworkers are you know, dying in their situation because we're just trying to get our head above water in ours. Wow. But if you understand yeah. that you are called uh, and you bear the name of Christ right. and that Christ, the God of heaven, has put your name inscribed and engraved on the palm of his hand, you just walk differently. Mm. When you know who bears you and who's claimed you, you just live different. Right. Kennedy and Carter bear the Corrigan name. Yeah. They bear our name. And Todd's dad taught him this phrase, and he now says it to our kids. But he says to them regularly, you're a Corrigan, and you're different. 
which means you are called to live to a higher standard because you bear our name, because you represent us to the community, because you represent us to the church, you are bearing our name. And so therefore there are a set of privileges that go with that, but there's also a set of responsibilities that go with bearing the Corrigan name. Just like as you bear the name of Christ, there are privileges and responsibilities that go along with that. So good. Uh, I want to go to number two. It says, what do you bear? So the first one is, who bears you? You got that, right? God God has written you on the palm of his hand, and that is how valuable you are as a child of God. Mm-hmm. But number two is, what do you bear? I think a lot of us wake up a lot of days without regard to the miraculous. Wow. Without regard to what we carry inside of us, what we bear. When you said yes to Jesus, when you said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life, the Holy Spirit came and made his home within you, which means the miraculous abides within your spirit and is at the palm and the tips of your fingers. Anytime you are in your workplace, you can see a miracle happen if you allow yourself to understand what you carry. And every one of us carries something that is anointed, that is special, that God wants to use in your workplace. Or if you're a stay-at-home mom. I'm sorry, I've been like really more focusing on the workplace and the marketplace. Um, But this is for stay-at-home moms. This is for people who, um, who maybe have a job where they don't leave their home. Or maybe they don't interact with people a lot. This any work can be worship. That's right. When it is placed into the hands of God, and when you do it unto Him, right. it is worship. Yes. And therefore, it's more anointed. It's more impactful, and it goes way further. Right. Um, but like I said, Kennedy and Carter bear the Corrigan name, but it comes with these privileges and responsibilities. And and so I didn't have enough time this morning to go through all of the privileges or um, all of these individually with the scriptures. So I just thought maybe we could throw those up on the screens. And if you wanted to just take a picture of the screen, if you couldn't write it down fast enough, but these are all privileges that go along with being a child of God, being called by God. And these are also the responsibilities with the scripture references. Um, I'll just zoom through them. Privileges, all things work out. Everything works out for your good. Yep. Romans 8:28 For in all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. we are justified. Yeah. Romans 8:30 We are justified in Christ. That's the privilege. We have security. Yeah. We have authority. Yeah. In Romans 8:15 um, that's the scripture talking about slaves versus sons. Slaves um, slavery doesn't exist. Uh, in modern day for the most part. However, back in those days it did. And slaves did not have authority in the household, but sons did. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, we no longer are slaves, we're sons. That's right. So we have authority. That's right. And this is something that all of us need to take with us no matter where we go. If we go into the grocery store, if we go to our workplaces, we need to know what we carry is authority that's given to us by God to do good works. That's right. We have intimacy with him. We have an inheritance. That's that word again, inheritance. We're heirs, Romans 8, 17. But here's some responsibilities. So with every great privilege comes responsibilities. Um, my first one that I wrote was be humble and gentle and bearing with each other in love. Yeah. Because that was the second part of the scripture, and I think that that is one of our biggest responsibilities. 
um, to show who we are in our workplaces and to make our work worshipful right, right. and impactful. Uh, make peace. Responsibilities. <laughs> Be a peacemaker. Right. Right. Yeah. Don't stir the pot. Yeah. Don't go by the water cooler and engage in the gossip. Right. Mm -hmm. you're, you're messing with your anointing. Right. Mm. Right. It's really, really kind of a scary spot to be because I've found myself in that spot where I've wanted to um, engage in gossip or negative, negative conversation. And what I've found is that it's just not worth it. Right. Right. Amen. Right. I mean, you're forfeiting way more than right. God wants to do in your life right. if you engage in just that one conversation. Right. Uh, so make peace. Yep. Don't be drama. Don't <laughs> drama. <laughs> Ephesians 4.3. Reflect God's character and spirit. Don't live by your flesh or your feelings. Right, right. Uh, Romans 8.12. But I wanted to tell you as we close, we're going to get, I'm going to have the worship team come join me, but you'll just wait because I have a short little video clip that I want to share. Um, but the greatest responsibility that we have uh, and to make Mondays meaningful is the Great Commission. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to let that sink in a little bit. Yeah. Um, because I think sometimes we come to church and we want to hear a, a Mormon fuzzy message, and I do too. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, I want dessert before dinner all the time. <laughs> you know? But um, I don't think that that's helpful, and I don't think it's healthy, and that's why I said this is kind of a wake-up call message. But in Matthew 28, 18, it says, then Jesus, this is the last thing Jesus said to his disciples on earth before he went to heaven. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always. There's that promise again that right, I am yes. with you. Right, yes. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, God never changes. That's He's right. always with us. Right. But he said, even to the very end of the age. You see, when we're living with meaning in mind, we are driven by who bears us and by what we bear. Right. When, we're, when we're living with eternity in mind, when, we're, when, we, when we look, when we stop looking at ourselves, right. if, if the selfishness thing is flushed out just long enough for us to get our eyes lifted, we realize that there are things that we will be held accountable for. Right. Right. This is why it's not a really warm and fuzzy message. And um, I'm the type of person that I'm learning to say, ooh, it hurts so good. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, hit me again. <laughs> I'm still learning to say that. Because right. I don't love it all the time when right. I get truth bombs mm -hmm. and they're really true and they, they, they hurt. Um, but one thing that we really need to take hold of as the body of Christ and as, as believers um, is that um, every day matters. Right. And sometimes we don't know what we're called to. It's okay. Let's start at next steps. Right. Let's figure out what your purpose is. Right. Let's figure out what your spiritual gifts are. Right. Let's start there. Yeah. It's right after service. Right. Um, but we are going to be held accountable. Um, and I don't like usually um, being this heavy, but I just want to show you a clip um, that I think is really um, a good eye-opening clip about this idea of being called and what we are going to have to answer for uh, at the end of our life. We can go ahead and, and show this. I ask that question because we won't be judged according to what we did in life. 
rather what we were called to do in life. Imagine with me standing before the throne of God and a scenario like this occurred. Evangelist Anderson, come forth and give an account of your stewardship on earth. Evangelist Anderson, I, I'm not an evangelist. I, I, I'm an accountant. I, 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 I had an accounting firm. I had an evangelist Anderson. Where are the 347,566 souls I called you to impact in Asia, son? Where are they? I, I, I'm, an, I, I'm an accountant. I, I have an accounting firm. I, I, I help churches. I help ministries with their, their, their finances, son. Where are the 347,566 souls in Asia I called you to impact? Son, where are they? Had you sought me, had you sought my face, I would have revealed this to you. And everything in regards to that man's calling was burned up before the judgment seat of Christ. Accountant Jones, step forward and give an account of your stewardship. Accountant Jones, I pastor for 35 years. I, of 750 people at Accountant Jones. I called you to the marketplace. Had you done this, you would have significantly impacted two people. You and those two men would have helped churches with their finances, and those churches would have impacted 751,321 souls. If you would have sought me, I I would reveal this to you. And again, in regards to this man's calling, everything he's done in life will be burned up before the judgment seat of Christ. Sister Smith, come forth and give an account of your stewardship.
regards to the calling that's on your life, you won't be judged according to what you did. You'll be judged according to what you were called to do. It's good, right? Wow. It's heavy, too. I'm all for the light and fuzzy and warm and fuzzy, usually, but um, sometimes we need to be reminded that every day is, is important. Right. And every day can be uh, meaningful. It doesn't matter what season of life you're in, doesn't matter what you do. Um, but I know that I want to build my life around the person of Jesus and I want every day to matter. And I want to know that my work is, is worship all the time. And that, it, and that it can be meaningful and it can be impactful. I'd like you to stand to your feet if you would with me. Again, if that idea of calling is somewhat obscure to you, I really want to encourage you to go to the next steps today. Because 20 minutes won't take long and it can give you a little bit of clarity or maybe a lot more clarity around this idea of calling and what is it I'm meant to do? What is it when I wake up in the morning I'm on mission for? But if you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. We want to pray um, for every person in this room that feels a nudge uh, to be empowered to live their life on mission more. To be driven not by not by money, not by success, not by promotion, not by approval, but by eternity. By eternal perspective. People that want to be impactful in everyday life. People that want to see God move in their neighbors' relationships, in their relationships. But they want to be used by God. doesn't matter what they're doing, whether they're cleaning toilets or floors, or if you're an executive in an office, doesn't matter. God wants to use your life. And so if that's you, and you just want, to, if you just want Pastor Bob and Claudia, they're going to come forward, and Pastor Todd and I, if you just want to just be prayed for um, we're just going to sing a song really quick and we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit would empower you. If you feel a nudge right now and you just need his help, I, if you just want to say, I need your help to be impactful in my life. I want to I build my life on a firm foundation. I want to go to work and I want it to matter. I want people, maybe at the end of my life, to say to me, it was because you came to work that day and you gave me an encouraging word and you shared the message of Jesus with me that my life completely changed. If that's you, and if you want to really live your life and go to work and make Mondays memorable as an act of worship, I just want you to come forward. We're going to pray. We're going to sing, build my life. And we're just going to pray with people and believe right now that God is going to meet you where you're at.